Chapter Fourteen of Prodigal Daughters by Joseph Hawking. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Kate Fallis. Chapter Fourteen: The Colonel Visits Camden Town. This is the place, Dad. The taxi drew up before a shabby house in a shabby street. In spite of the spring morning, the place looked dirty and comfortless. The colonel paid the driver, dismissed the cab, and knocked at the door. It's just eight o'clock, he reflected, looking at his watch. We ought to find everyone home. The door was opened by a shabby, genteel-looking woman who was fast approaching fifty years of age. Thirty years before, she might have been a pretty girl of the doll-like and characterless type. Now she was faded and untidy. Apparently she had left her breakfast to admit them. The clatter of teacups, as well as the sound of feminine voices, was plainly to be heard in a room close by, while the smell of fried bacon pervaded the narrow passage. The colonel noticed that the oilcloth on the floor was dirty, while the cheap hat-stand had lost two of its pegs. "'Oh, it's you again, is it?' remarked the woman, looking at John. "'Yes, Mrs. Barnes,' replied the boy. "'This is my father.' "'I hope you will excuse my calling so early, Mrs. Barnes,' remarked the colonel. "'But I wanted to see your son. "'I thought if I came at this hour I might catch him before he went to business.' "'My son isn't at home,' replied Mrs. Barnes. "'I haven't seen him since yesterday morning.' "'She seemed rather awed by the colonel's presence, "'although there was a look of lurking antagonism in her eyes. "'I'm sorry for that.' replied the colonel. But perhaps you can give me a few minutes of your time. John noticed that the chatter of voices in the back room had ceased. Doubtless there were eager listeners to the conversation. I'm afraid I'm rather busy this morning, remarked Mrs. Barnes. My young ladies haven't gone to town yet, and, and we are without a servant just now. I'm so sorry, replied the colonel politely. Servants are a difficult problem, aren't they? But perhaps you could spare me just five minutes. Mrs. Barnes seemed rather in a dilemma. On the one hand, she was evidently desirous to invite the colonel to stay, but on the other she looked furtively around as though she were under orders. At that moment, however, two girls came into the passage from the back room and eagerly looked towards Mrs. Barnes. This is Colonel Trelawney. Edith, my dear, he's called to see Jim. Ask him into the drawing room, mother, replied Edith in her best manner. Good morning, Colonel Trelawney. This is indeed a pleasure. It's very kind of you to say so replied the colonel. I'm afraid I'm taking an unpardonable liberty, but I wanted to see your brother particularly. 
edith was evidently dressed for her day's work she was a rather well-formed girl and knew the value of good clothes you must excuse the disorder remarked miss barnes as she opened the door of a stuffy apartment which she had designated the drawing-room but as mother told you she like everyone else had servant difficulties and i'm afraid everything is very untidy of course you gentlemen don't understand but no doubt mrs trelawney would is she well the colonel took no apparent notice of Miss Barnes' question, who immediately went on speaking. We used to live in a much better style, she volunteered, but when dear Papa died we had to economize. These things do happen, don't they? Jim told us what a beautiful house you had when he came home on Sunday night. And when will your brother be back? asked the colonel. "'There's no knowing,' tittered Miss Barnes uneasily. "'Jim is not one who does things by halves. "'He goes the whole hog he does. "'Of course he gets good money, "'and naturally at a time like this he'll make it fly. "'Weren't you awfully surprised?' "'The colonel was nonplussed. "'He was not sure how much these people knew, "'and he wanted to feel his way carefully.' jim was always like that went on miss barnes when he wanted a thing he always had a way of getting it of course you know all about it i'm afraid i must ask you to explain said the colonel about the wedding simpered miss barnes at least we supposed it's this morning but he hasn't told us anything definite but i've seen it coming on for a long time Peggy and Jim have been sweet on each other for months, and I suppose they've taken the bit between their teeth and gone off and done it this morning. After all, why shouldn't they? You can never be young but once. I dare say there was a romance in your marriage, Colonel. And Miss Barnes looked into the Colonel's face with her most ingratiating smile. Edith, Edith whispered a voice outside yes emily i'm coming in a minute there's not a minute to spare persisted the voice you know how strict he is miss edith barnes was evidently annoyed at this interruption but she managed to control her features i'm afraid i must leave you colonel and mr john your name is john isn't it I've heard Jim and Peggy speak of you so often that I almost think of you as a relation. Well, I suppose we shall be relations now, and see a lot of each other. Emily, come in. This is Colonel Trelawney and John. You don't mind my forgetting the mister, do you? Are you fond of dancing? Of course, the season's over, but I say that dancing's good at any time of the year, especially if you have nice partners. And this time it was John who was honoured by her smiles. We must go, Edith, persisted Emily. We're late as it is. Then we'll be late. There's plenty of jobs open, but I suppose I'd better go. Your girls know what it is, Colonel Trelawney. 
eleanor worked as a typist during the war while peg went to munitions we're all in the same box you see and there's no disgrace in work she said this in rather defiant tones as though she wanted to claim equality with the trelawney family i'm still in the dark as to your meaning said the colonel am i to understand that your brother is being married this morning to your peggy at least we suppose so yesterday morning jim hinted that he expected to to become attached to your family in twenty-four hours we haven't seen him since so we are sure of nothing but jim is such a hustler that we expect it's all over by this time jim never loses any time then you knew of his intentions yesterday when my son called remarked the colonel sternly the barnes family laughed uneasily why didn't you tell him what you knew then persisted the colonel oh no tittered edith you wouldn't expect us to spoil sport would you we're not that sort i see very little sport in it was the reply your son knew that i objected very strongly to to this friendship and what if you did surely it was your girl's affair besides what is there to object to miss barnes was doubtless angered by the colonel's remark and thought it best as she told her mother afterwards to let him have it straight to say the least of it he replied you naturally knew that i should be interested in what my daughter proposed to do yes and you insulted jim on wednesday replied emily who had less control over herself than her sister jim told us he said you treated him as if he was dirt and then told the servant to show him out of the club of course jim wouldn't stand that he's too much spirit so he took his own line oh i don't mince words jim's a gentleman he is he was an officer just as you are you admitted him to your house on sunday and treated him like an equal and then on wednesday you talked to him as though he were a dog we are as good as you are do you think we mind what you say of course we knew what was in jim's mind when your son called yesterday but we wouldn't tell him anything if we had he'd have tried to stop the wedding it seems to me you don't know much retorted the colonel he saw that the second miss barnes was in a passion and would be likely to speak freely don't we snapped the girl but don't think i'm going to tell you i'm not such a fool as that what is there to tell persisted the colonel now emily mind what you are saying warned edith i don't care a button what i say retorted the girl it makes me sick when people treat us as inferiors i can see what he wants plain enough he's hoping that the wedding hasn't taken place and if we tell him what jim's plans are he may be in time to stop it but catch me she's not much of a catch anyhow but i hope jim will marry her if only to spite him come to think of it though i don't care whether he does or not 
There, now, Emily, we must go now, and no good ever comes of hard words. And Edith again smiled ingratiatingly at the colonel. Of course we don't know anything. Jim's a close one, he is, and goes his own way. Good morning, colonel. Of course you're just a little bit shocked, but, like as anything, it'll turn out all right. Good morning, John. I hope we shall be good friends and see a lot of each other. Won't you come to supper some night? A minute later the girls were in the street, but the colonel and John still remained in the drawing-room. The drama was not played out yet. "'Now, mother, mind you don't give yourself or Jim away,' they heard one of the girls say on the doorstep, and this made the colonel hope for revelations. "'I'm sure I feel for you, sir,' remarked Mrs. Barnes, as she again entered the room. "'I don't believe in these runaway marriages. What I say is, go to church and do the thing in a Christian way.' But there, what could Jim do? You didn't treat him fair, sir. I must say that. When he came home on Sunday night, he was as pleased as anything, and I'm sure my girls were hungering to take Peggy to their hearts as a sister. That was what made him so mad at the way you spoke to him on Wednesday. Then he told you what he intended to do on Wednesday night asked the colonel. "'It's not for me to say what Jim said,' was Mrs. Barnes' guarded reply. "'You see, you don't give me a chance,' remarked the colonel. "'A chance for what?' asked the woman eagerly. The colonel was silent. "'Do you mean,' she went on, "'that you'd—you'd you'd make the best of it if they owned up? Is that your idea, Mrs. Barnes? Oh, I'm all for doing things in a lawful, proper way. My poor husband was a lawyer's clerk and a regular stickler for law and order. You should see what a beautiful handwriting he wrote. Well, as I was saying, if only things could have come off in a proper way, how nice it would have been. The wedding could have took place at your house. The girls could have got new frocks. The young people could have had a father's blessing, so to speak, with, say, a thousand pounds to set them up in their new home. And then the two families could have become friendly-like. That's what we should have liked, sir." "'I have no doubt you would,' remarked the colonel dryly. "'Yes, and why couldn't it be now?' persisted Mrs. Barnes, who did not catch the intonation of his voice. "'You mean that they should get married from my house?' asked the colonel. But Mrs. Barnes was not to be caught. She had been warned by her daughters, and she was evidently afraid of them. "'I don't know about now,' she replied after a pause. My Jim's a high-spirited boy, he is, and, as Emily said, you insulted him on Wednesday night, and he declared he'd make you pay for it. And there's no knowing what Jim will do when his blood's up. He's like all the Barneses in that way. The girls are just the same. They won't stand being spoken to by anybody. 
more than one place they've left during the war because the foreman spoke sharp to them we're not going to stand any cheek from anyone mother they've said to me and they won't that's what makes it so hard for me yes i should think you have rather a hard life mrs barnes remarked the colonel sympathetically hard sir you've no idea how hard i'm nothing but a servant here as i've said many and many's the time yes girls are a great trouble aren't they trouble you may well say so but what can i do jim and the two girls keep the house so to speak they go out when they like and come in when they like and i daren't speak a word as for my jim he's a regular gentleman he is as you doubtless saw yourself of course you knew that your son had persuaded my sister to leave her home and john's question came out suddenly do you think that was a gentlemanly thing to do what else could he do when the colonel was so unreasonable retorted mrs barnes tisn't as though we were a common family i think it's the action of a cad remarked john keeping his eyes steadily on the woman's face cad retorted the woman shrilly cad cad yourself for saying such a thing and i almost hope he won't marry her either at least if her father won't she ceased speaking suddenly as though she were afraid of saying too much remember there's such a thing as law said john and my sister's not of age yet do you know it is a criminal act for a man to persuade a girl to leave her home oh she replied you are trying to come that dodge over me are you well go to the law jim persuaded her to leave home did he well i'll warrant she didn't need much persuading she's as sweet as honey on him she was and jim wanted to do the straight thing he did well if he didn't your hoity-toity family have only got yourselves to blame my other sister will protect her said john still closely watching the woman's face even if your son is a blackguard my sister has friends they that live longest will see most retorted mrs barnes and now out you go you'll get nothing from me and my son isn't a blackguard either he wanted to do the thing straight but i don't blame him whatever he does after the way the colonel treated him when the trelawneys reached the street the colonel's face was drawn and haggard john my boy he said you had a purpose in speaking to that woman as you did i didn't like the looks on the girl's faces remarked the boy but surely you don't think no sir i don't replied john after a silence but i'm sure the fellow's a rotter i still have faith that she may be with eleanor but how can we find eleanor i think we'd better clear the ground first how by finding barnes how can we do that for one thing we can go to the place where he works you have the address haven't you yes that was a good thought of yours my boy we'll go straight away ah there's a taxi 
the colonel did not speak a word during the drive from camden town to eight bywell street ghastly thoughts haunted his mind thoughts which made him look years older can i speak to the manager he asked of a clerk as they entered a rather shabby-looking office certainly sir said a man stepping forward of course you want a house or flat they are difficult to get just now but luckily we have a few on our books no replied the colonel i am not in want of a house thank you i'm come on a rather personal matter you employ a young man named barnes don't you the man looked at the colonel sharply do you know him he asked i know of him replied the colonel i want to speak to him he works here doesn't he he did was the reply but he hasn't been here since wednesday night he'll get the rough side of my tongue when he does come back and probably the sack then you don't know where he is i know he's greatly inconveniencing me that's what i know fancy leaving me like this without word of warning when he had one or two very promising prospects on hand some other firm will get them i expect then you don't know when he'll be back i've had a hint that he'll be back to-morrow morning but i don't know i was never treated in such a way before fancy leaving me like that just as the colonel was leaving a young man rushed to open the door as he did so he slipped a piece of paper in his hand i think i can tell you something you ought to know the colonel read i shall leave the office for lunch at twelve forty five end of chapter fourteen